Hello and welcome to the First Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We are your Denver Broncos coverage team for the Denver Post. We are sitting at the Broncos facility on day two of the NFL draft with a ton to talk about. Noah Fant is the newest Broncos selected number 20 overall tight end from Iowa. Uh, We had a chance to speak with him for the first time today. Uh, But before we get into that news conference, Ryan, let's just talk about day one of the draft. Um, A lot of surprises that preceded the Broncos pick. I don't think that we were shocked they moved back, but when you sort of assess the first round as a whole, how did this team fare? How did the Broncos do uh, in comparison to their counterparts uh, across the league? Well, the, the, knee-jerk act, the knee-jerk answer is to be determined to find out what they do with that extra second-round pick on Friday. Okay, let's start, at, let's start though, uh, the top of the first round. First three picks, went as expected. Murray, Bosa, Quinn, and Williams. Then the you-know-what hit the you-know-what. Cleveland Farrell, that's a big-time reach by Oakland at four. Tampa held true to Devin White. He would have been a guy on the Broncos' radar, but they probably thought he wasn't going to get there, which he didn't. Giants take Daniel Jones. I had them taking Daniel Jones at 17. <laughs> right. Do you, do you get credit for that pick still? I get a, As I told a couple of colleagues last night, I get a half pat on the back. <laughs> um, you know, Josh Allen, Jacksonville probably would have taken T.J. Hawkinson, the Iowa tight end, had Josh Allen not been there. Okay, let's go down to the Broncos. I was told the Steelers reached out mid-morning on Thursday. They were really looking to get up to get a linebacker. I didn't think this, that was going to happen because I thought the Broncos did like Devin Bush, the Michigan player, because he can cover. He can run. But obviously they didn't like him enough to take him. And afterwards, Vic Fangio said, we, Broncos may not have taken him at 10 anyways. You know, that shows you what Vic said at Phoenix was right. Not as good as Roquan Smith. Moving down 10 spots is a risk because a lot can happen and there can be a run on a position a guy you thought may be there another team trades up to get him so that's why I thought I didn't think they would move down as many spots as they did but they did they get Noah Fant the tight end from Iowa they pick up an extra second so they have two twos and one three uh, going forward Friday night it was interesting because I was at the watch party at Broncos Stadium and as the 10th pick was getting announced everyone in the crowd sort of thought all right here comes Devin Bush we're getting this guy even uh, Bradley Chubb asked the crowd you guys want offense or defense defense wins in a roaring landslide so for the Broncos to pass on that kind of talent is this the situation where fans are going to look at his development and look at this Broncos defense and say boy Vic you know why did you guys pass on this I mean that's hindsight of course but well uh, it depends on if they add any linebacker help the rest of the weekend because right now you know in Chicago, Vic Fangio's sub-package was a nickel. So when she had two linebackers on the field, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. Right now, that's Todd Davis and Josie Jewell. How does it feel about that? Uh, because in that situation, I don't count uh, Von Miller or Bradley Chubb. They're edge guys. Uh, you know, I still think they may try and do something to get a guy who maybe is in an every sub-package down person, but somebody who can, if there's a matchup problem with a tight end, can equate himself well in coverage. Or... As Fangio said last month, he may have to adjust his scheme based on the personnel. They may have to play some dimes. So it uh, will gain some clarity on how Vic Fangio and John Elway think about this depth chart as the weekend progresses. Absolutely. And I mentioned at the top, but first introductory news conference, Fant, good talker, no complaints from just a media standpoint. It seemed like he answered all the questions pretty head on. Didn't really have to face anything too difficult yeah. being uh, his past situation. What did you make of his comments? I mean, he had his spin in, so I mean, I think he you know, handled himself well. Yeah, but 
it's it's a tough one to ask questions at because he's probably shook 100 people's hands today <laughs> and they work for the Broncos they're the training staff the coaching staff the GM so it's uh he, he he went through some of the talking points he did last night on Thursday you know he likes using the word super uh so the <laughs> Broncos wink wink hope he's a super super draft pick but uh you know when you get done with the first round, you always ask yourself, ask yourself with the team you're covering, did they get better tonight? I mean, I think they did because you just can't count on these tight ends to stay healthy. I mean, I think Jake Butt, if healthy, was going to have a very good year last year. This is now his third ACL tear. Um, Jeff Hireman is more of, I think, is more of a blocking tight end, and Fumagalli didn't play last year, so he's an unknown. So I felt, you know, they may, they felt they needed to get some playmakers on offense. Joe Flacco's had a lot of success with tight ends in Baltimore. So, um, you know, they felt by instead of drafting Flacco's replacement, they decided to give him some help. One last question before we move on, looking at day two of the draft, what the Broncos are going to do with their next three picks that they have. Expectations are going to be high. First rounder enters a position group where no one's really proven. Hireman signed a, a little bit of an extension here, so they want him around. But at the same token, if we enter week one, Monday night at Oakland, and Noah Fant isn't the starting tight end, is that a big disappointment? Or even at number 20, do at least reporters and fans allow themselves to say, okay, this is a guy who's going to have to have some NFL development, despite the fact that, boy, some of the catches and plays he made at Iowa, you know, this guy in open space, not easy to bring down. So there's a lot of potential there. I just, I'm wondering what you think of expectations, uh, what they might be and maybe what they should be uh, for year one for him. Well, you know, the starting part for a tight end, I'm going to look at the play count the next morning. Okay, how many snaps he played? How many times is he the only tight end on the yeah, field? Yeah, um, you know, if they come out in jumbo, then he may, you know, he'll start. So expectations, I mean, he should be somebody who catches a lot of passes. That's, you know, he is far advanced as a receiver. He's serviceable enough as a blocker. This team needs him to catch passes. They need him to be a red zone guy. That's why they draft him. They did not draft him to block for Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. So I think they're going to, you know, carve out that role for him and, you know, you hear a lot of people say over the last two days, well, he's a great fit for Rich Gangarello's offense. We don't know what Rich Gangarello's offense is. He's a first-time play caller. Right. Um, yes, he comes from the Shanahan tree, but he doesn't have a, you know, he may emphasize two tight end instead of two back like they did in San Francisco. So, you know, any any kind of thought of what Noah Fan's role is going to be in Gangarello's offense is, is purely guessing at this point until you see them on the field. So as we move forward, Ryan, one last uh, topic here before we wrap up the first in orange, we appreciate you guys listening, um, is looking at what are the Broncos going to do in rounds two and three? Because this fan selection, as you mentioned, is going to be put in a different light based on what they do in the second round. So it's going to be a little bit dated by this evening. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast now, but in what ways can the Broncos make that pick count in your mind? Are there certain guys or certain positions that the Broncos could get at 41 and 52 and even at 71 in the third round, how much value do you think they can get at the most important positions? I mean, this draft appears to have a lot of good players left in the second and third round. The guys I wrote about on DenverPost.com today, you got to think about corner if Byron Murphy from Washington is there. I would have picked him. I would have considered him at number 10. I think he's a guy who finds the football. He didn't run fast at the combine, but I think he's a really smart player. 
You know, Rocky Asen, a corner from Temple, uh, played one year there after playing at Presbyterian for three years, was all-conference at Temple. So he's another guy. I thought he was going to go late in the first, but Kansas City, which needs corner help, Indianapolis, which needs corner help, they traded out. Uh, Dalton Reisner, the Wiggins native from Kansas State, as a right tackle, he came in here for a visit. I thought he was a better fit for Houston. At 23, they took uh, an Alabama State player. The question with Reisner is, when you take him, the the first question is, where is he going to play? He's not right tackle. That's Juwan James. He's not left tackle. That's Garrett Bowles. Do they play him at center, which he did at freshman at K-State, and move Connor McGovern to right guard? That's sort of the you know the the main topic there. Another guy finally is, is Eric McCoy from Texas A&M. Started three years at center, played a couple games at guard, but it all depends. I would not be if I'm them. I would not be afraid of drafting a center and starting as a rookie. You have a veteran quarterback. You have Ron Leary, who's a veteran guard, and Connor McGovern, if he's your right guard, has also played a lot. So um, a lot of moving parts here. Everybody wants to know when you get to take a quarterback. Well, the fact they've passed on one already in the first round, maybe they're waiting until uh, rounds four through seven. You know, they worked out Clayton Thorson at Northwestern a couple weeks ago. So um, I think ten, uh, tonight in this, you know, I hope I'm right. you got <laughs> you got to find guys who can be able to help you week one against Oakland. We'd be remiss not to hit on one last topic, uh, something, Ryan, I noticed that you asked in the – post-game, uh, post-draft press conference off the first round to John Elway. Uh, what is the situation with Chris Harris? How do the Broncos uh, feel about entertaining offers? How many offers have they entertained? I know there's not a lot of clarity there, but as we enter day two, what are the chances that you know we could be recording another podcast soon uh, looking at the fallout of a potential trade? Um, you know, when I asked John Elway that late Thursday night, he said, you know, not a lot of traction today. I think they're so focused on first round, getting their ducks in a row, making sure they made a trade, got a guy. I think maybe they spent today. If I'm a team, I'm calling the Broncos just to kick the tires. There's two questions. A, is he available? And if the answer is yes, B, what are you thinking for compensation? And uh, there's a lot of teams with a lot of third and fourth round picks that might be a fit. I like the Colts as a fit. You know, I would I would rule out any team in the division. And, you know, New England has a bunch of picks in rounds two and three, but there's that salary. Teams may be up against the cap that plays into it. So if I had to, you know, throw a quarter on the table, I'd say that Chris Harris is not traded this weekend. But then that, this storyline is not going away anytime soon. Well, the one thing to expect on NFL Draft Weekend is the unexpected, uh, a la Daniel Jones, uh, number six to the Giants. I'm sure there'll be a few more head scratchers as we move along. Uh, guys getting taken uh, at a whole variety of different places, entering day two and three of the draft. Be sure to stick with Denver Post coverage all the way through. On that note, I will sign out for Ryan and the First and Orange. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. You could subscribe uh, anywhere that you receive your music and your podcasts uh, be sure to check out denverpost.com for all of our content throughout the weekend and we will see you next time